Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and this is the season finale and we shall go out with a big red bang. Yes, I'm very, very, very excited. Why are you so excited, Mum? Well, there have been two people on my list, my target list to have on our podcast. Yeah. One is Marcus Rashford, yeah, obviously. Which is still waiting for. And this special person. Christmas has come early for my mum. Come very early. We've End got July. You're cooking for Keir Starmer, Sir Keir Starmer tonight, Sir Keir Starmer. the leader of the opposition, yeah, potentially our next prime minister. Yeah, what are you cooking? Well, he doesn't eat meat. How do you feel about that, Mum? Not happy, because I would have done. Will a, it change done your little, vote? No. Okay. I would have done a little steak on the barbecue for him, but he's also coming a bit early. So it's kind of a bit high tea-ish. How do you feel about that? Well, it's high tea for me. It's kind of late dinner for you because oh. it's five o'clock, darling. And you just got my vote because he likes eating dinner at five. Yeah, yeah that's um, it. So, so we're going for it, it. Look, it's been a breezy few days, but the sun is shining, and you've kind of gone for a bit of an al fresco, yeah. Provencal kind of yeah. Frenchy high tea situation. Yeah. So I've made a tomato tart mm-hmm. a la Alison Robin. Yeah. I've made my puis lentil salad that you love. So good. I've made courgette salad with mint. Well, in fact, you helped do that. Yeah, easy. Shaved courgette, pecorino, yeah. mint, olive oil and lemon. Yeah, and then I've made also an aubergine and tomato and cucumber salad. So I've roasted the aubergine. Mm. With olive oil. It's got lemon juice, olive oil. So it's a bit like guacamole, but no avocado. It's guacamole. I think nobody calls it oh, guacamole. Oh, guacamole. Which is actually interesting because the only request that we had that we did not do anything with was avocado. Yeah. He clearly got the memo about Megan being blamed for avocado shortages all over the world. Didn't want right-wing media no, going no for right wing on No right-wing media going on the avocado subject. front. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what I've been up to today? Yes. I did sports I had day. a massage? No. That is oh, very darling. cruel. That is very, very cruel. Okay. I did sports day for two hours. I heard you, darling. You sent me little video clips of you yelling at your daughter to go faster. That's what I that could hear. That was words of encouragement. And I yeah. learned from the best, Mum. No helicopter parenting there. I believe that sports day should be taken seriously, yeah. not the taking part that counts, all that crap. It's the winning. Yeah. So she was the Alcaraz of... She was not the Alcaraz. Okay. However, she, she gave it a go and okay. she was adamant that I did the parent race. Bear in mind, Where I was about come? a litre of water in because we'd been there for one hour and I did the run. Yeah. And I wet myself. Oh, my God, Jessie, yeah. we don't need to hear Because this. three children in and a litre of water and not going for a wee. Yeah, I wet myself and I did not win. Bow did, out Did anybody dramatically. see that you'd wet yourself? No, but I told The everybody. teacher didn't have to take you aside and say, <laughs> find a new clean pair <laughs> well, of like me, in the cupboard. Me on the ski slopes, yeah. yeah. Um, no. Okay. Anyway, so that's what I was doing. I'm very interested to know whether Sir Keir Starmer has uh, partaken in the parents' race and whether he's competitive. I have very important questions. Also, I went clubbing at the weekend and I wonder the last time that Sir Keir stepped inside a club. These are the vital questions I shall I be asking. everyone wants to know. We shall be asking him food questions, family questions. Because that's what this is all about. Exactly. We're not Laura Kunzberg and Robert Peston here. Mum, take it away. 
What, darling? Say who we've got. Sir Keir Starmer. Coming up on, on Table Manners. Sir Keir Starmer, you're in Clapham. You're about to get fed by Lenny Ware. And we've got so many questions to ask. Mostly food-related. Very good. Thank you for being here. No, not at all. Thanks for having me. You know, we've had some other MPs on. Yeah, and, some uh, of your front bench. Who have you had on? Jess Phillips. Oh, yeah, I did know And that. Ed Miliband. Ed came on. Yeah. They're fantastic. Ed and can I just very... tell you, very flirty. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, asked right. me if I'd like to go naked swimming in Hampstead Ponds. Oh, he's obsessed with, with wild swimming. I didn't yeah. realise it was that wild. Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always I tried didn't to. He's, he's tried to sell it to me as just sort of good oh, for the soul. Oh, he asked you to go naked with him too. Well, oh, Mum, you don't feel so well, special. He, but he's know. become so into wild swimming. Oh no! But uh, <laughs> well, oh, well wait till I have a word with him. Yeah. <laughs> and you had Sadiq. Had yeah, we've had Sadiq. He gave us a scoop. So I'm waiting for your scoop for us, please. Thank you. He said yeah. that he was announcing that he was uh, running for mayor again. So I'm just. We'll wait. We'll give he you a few glasses here, and we'll see what you got. Yeah, oh, it was Ramadan, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. really nice. Um, but Keir, we 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 kind of let's start at the beginning. Um, dinner when around the dinner table. Who was around the dinner table? Are you a Londoner? Yes, Kentish Town. Oh right, proper yep. Londoner. So who was cooking your meals when you were a child, and who was eating them or not eating them? So when I was growing up, I I lived out in Surrey on the uh, Surrey Kent border, in a semi-detached pebble dashed house um, with. My mum and dad, mm-hmm. and four kids, three bedrooms. So I shared with my brother, and my sister shared with each other. So I had the bunk bedroom with my brother. Did you like that? It was very cramped. Uh, where was... did you? Are you the eldest? You so I've got an older sister. Right. I'm then next, and then I've got a brother and sister who are eighteen months younger, who are twins. Oh, oh wow! And so that's where we lived. And cooking wise, it w- this was a what I would call a sort of classic working class family. So mm. my dad worked in a factory. He was a tool maker. Mm. My mum was a nurse, but um, she, I don't know whether you know this, she had Stills disease yeah, when I'm she sorry. was young, when she was 11, which is basically a very aggressive juvenile arthritis. And it, um, it can destroy your sort of system. And um, luckily for her, they, they found something that could treat her at least mitigating. And so... Because the diagnosis at um, prognosis at eleven was that she wouldn't walk after the age of twenty and she wouldn't be able to have kids. So even the fact that I'm here is a sort of miracle down to Guy's Hospital and what they're able to do with her. But that meant that in the end it was just my dad working, um, and so it was a very traditional setup. Mum did all the cooking, mm-hmm. um, all the cooking. Good cook. Yeah, really good. Um, but my dad, I can't, can't. I was thinking about this when I was coming down. I can't remember my dad ever cooking anything. It was just such a traditional working class setup. He just didn't cook anything. My mum did everything. And what was a memorable dish that your mum made? Well, um, in when I was growing up, it was British food. Yeah. British food, always, always. Really? So my dad was really sort of rigid framework about this so he wasn't going to be eating pasta or anything like that. You kidding? Um, so it was British food. There was there came a point. Must have been when I was a teenager, I think, when my mum sort of branched out mm. and tried and a chicken curry. Oh, okay. oh, uh, wow. It was one of these uh, sort of chicken and a bit of curry sauce and some sultanas and a bit of rice. And this for us, this was really exotic for us because mm. otherwise it was, um, as you'd expect, sort of sausages, mash, meat, veg. It was that chicken and you know potatoes or vegetables. It was always that sort of. And you uh, don't menu. eat meat now. I don't eat meat now, but then it was it was classic potato two veg or something like that. So how did the curry go down in the household? I thought it was great. Did your dad like it? Eventually, yeah. <laughs> but he wouldn't he wouldn't be adventurous on anything else. Um, so you know we 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 didn't try anything else at all when I was growing up. So with your mum's illness, did that make it quite hard for? I mean, having four kids in the house, were there times when it was quite debilitating for her that it was obvious for you and you were aware of it? Yeah, it was all of the time. Really, she was in incredible pain and struggling all the time. 
what's interesting looking back at it, I, I don't think I noticed as much then because she'd been, she contracted this illness before I was born, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she was so always I, the I same. I never yeah. knew, it, you know, this yeah, was, always was always how mum was. Yeah. Right. Um, and there was always, you know, at mealtimes, um, along with the food, there would always be a sort of mum's tablets that she'd have at every meal because she had to have painkillers and strong tablets and then other tablets to take away the side effects of the first set of tablets and that sort of thing so that was part of the routine if you like at the table which was the food and then you know all of the tablets and medicines that had to go alongside it and were you all talking about politics at dinner time no not particularly was your were your parents political not actively so my dad was a labor supporter it was a labor household yeah um and you know, very strongly believed in the Labour Party and the Labour movement. And in terms of activity, so he, I remember distinctly, he would go to work at eight o'clock in the morning, come home at five o'clock for his tea, and then he'd go back to work at six till 10 o'clock at night. You're kidding. Every five days a week. Why? This was his routine. Because we didn't have a lot of money. He had, and he had to, get to get the work the job done. done. Yeah. Um, and so he, so he would come in, eat and go. And therefore, there was no space in his life for, you know, activities, so political activities. Did he play with you? So he was too busy to even get involved. Yeah, I can't remember him being particularly involved with us. It was always mum, um, particularly when we were younger. So if we sort of came home from school, particularly primary school, it'd be mum that was there um, to greet us when we came in at whatever time from primary school, half past three, four. And... Uh, and at that stage, I've got this distinct memory of sort of jam sandwiches at about mm. four o'clock in the afternoon. And my mum always, in my head at least, always playing Jim Reeves. Um, Jim on Reeves. the uh, Yeah, she loved Jim Reeves. Who's Jim Reeves? Oh, oh is it like a con- an, an old country, country singer, singer from years ago. Who's Jim Reeves? That's so great. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows that where this is from. Um, obviously your mum was incredibly busy bringing up four children and your dad was incredibly busy bringing home the bacon and 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 do you think if your mum had worked what do you think she would have been interested in doing she did she would have carried on being a nurse she loved so she works whilst being so, so she, she, she was exhausted too she she worked in her late teens um oh. when she first went to work okay um and then she stopped and then did she and go back no no, she wasn't um, strong enough, enough to go back. Yeah. And also having four children just didn't allow her twins. to go back. But she, she loved the NHS. She was so proud of being a nurse. It was like, goes through like a sort of a rock. It was incredible. So she'd definitely have carried on being a nurse if yeah. she could have done. How old was she when she had her first child? She was 21, I think, maybe just 22. So basically, once she'd been told... Um, you're, because of your illness, you may not have children. She kept she, going. Well, she said, I'm not having that. And obviously took these drugs, which were a sort of form of steroids, which helped <laughs> mitigate the illness. And then, then she got on with it because she got married at 21 and had children straight away. Because I think she must... I've never discussed this with her. And obviously I can't now because she's passed away. But I, I assume it's because she felt... Um, at any moment, I might not be ill. In, I might not be well enough to have children, so I'm not going to hang about. Mm. I'm going to get on with it. So she was determined, and had four children. Um, was it a happy childhood? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was happy. It was. Um, I did a lot of sports. I was playing football the whole time, mm. um, out in the house doing that sort of thing. But yeah, it was. There wasn't a lot of discussion. We didn't sort of discuss politics or current affairs around the kitchen table. It wasn't so that where, kind of where household. Did that come? Yeah, when did you get interested in politics? I joined the Labour Party when I was 16, so there was something there, obviously, that got me into politics. And was it a particular figure in the Labour Party? No, it was just this burning sense that we needed to change things and that if you're going to change things, it had to be the Labour Party. So it, it just made absolute sense to me to join the Labour Party as soon as I could. Yeah. It was just sort of hardwired in me. But it didn't come out of discussions around the kitchen table. I think it came out of... Um, observing what I mean we didn't have a lot of money so I knew I mean, you know there, there were times when things were really tough and mm. we couldn't afford to pay all the bills so we'd have to choose you know what wouldn't we pay and the one we always chose was the telephone 
because that was a landline. It was, I think, a monthly payment or whatever it was. And if you had your phone cut off, you didn't have to pay that bill. Mm. So it was quite tough in that sense. I mean, not pleading poverty or anything, but it was, you know, we knew what it was like not to have a lot of money. And, and this goes to sort of food as well, because my mum and dad almost never had anyone around because my dad felt that people disrespected him because he worked in a factory. He felt this really strongly that people looked down on him. And when, you know, when people come around for dinner or whatever it is, and they, you don't know every, you know, you're meeting people for the first time, mm. you inevitably have that discussion. Well, what do you do for a living? Mm. And he hated that discussion because he felt that as soon as he said he worked in a factory, people sort of went quiet and didn't quite know what to say. Did and you he, feel like that he, when you were at school? If kids asked you what your dad did? I didn't feel like that. But it's given me something I've held on to all my life, which is a real sense that respect and dignity are, for me, probably the two most valuable and important values in life. And, I, and that, that, I think, was deep in me. And I think it's what drove me to say, I want to be in the Labour Party and to change things. And, you know, and that then took me on a different course to my dad, because my dad did his skills education, his technical skills at night school whereas I got the chance to go off to university. Mm. So this was the sort of um, the opportunity that I was now getting that others hadn't had and my dad hadn't had. To was be he the first. clever, your dad? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Did he read a lot? He read a lot. Um, he listened to music a lot. He listened to classical music. But there was no chance of him going to university when he was growing up. It was, you're going out to get a job and you need the technical skills to do it. So that's what he did. And but so he wanted there's always it, this, yeah. I, I don't know, this, this sense that he wasn't valued because of what he did. And that really burnt away at him and, and in the end stopped them having people around. And then we wouldn't go out to eat. I don't remember ever going to a restaurant as a child, ever. We did go, you know, if we're on holiday. Did you have fish and chips? We're, we're on holiday, we'd have takeaway fish and chips yeah. on the birthday of any of us. Okay. Um, and that would be... Take away, bring it home. And then when we're on holiday, we went to the Lake District every year because my mum loved the Lake District. And so um, we always went there. And we would then occasionally eat at pubs, a sort of pub food in the evening. But beyond that, never... I mean, I honestly can't remember going to a restaurant with my mum and dad. you still like fish and chips? I do still like fish vinegar and chips. On, vinegar on... Vinegar, definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very important. Um, but then, so I then got the chance to go, you know on a journey mm. that took me away from that sort of small-town, um, working-class base to Leeds University, right. which was an incredible journey. And one of the speeches I gave the other day was about um, smashing the class ceiling and breaking the link between where children and young people start in life and where they can get to. Mm. And too many children and young people are still... Their, their future is determined by the earnings and income of their parents rather than their own ability. It's this incredible. I mean, you know, this is a moral mission like none other. But for me, I was now starting a different journey, um, which was off to university, which was fantastic. And so, I mean, it was eye-opening because you go from a small town to a city. Mm. I've never really been to a big city like this before. Leeds well, I'd, is fun, I'd got as far it? as Croydon yeah. in <laughs> South London. Poor thing. <laughs> but I hadn't got to... <laughs> Hadn't got to, you know, a city like Leeds. And so suddenly you're, you know, this is a big city, it's diverse, there's lots of things going on. And suddenly my horizon for food just expanded massively. Where, where were the restaurants or the places that you were oh, going out and eating? Indian restaurants. I'd yeah. never been to an Indian restaurant. This was fantastic. Yeah. You know, um, Chinese restaurants, um, you know, curried chips. You know, curry, and, uh, chip. curry chips at Leeds. I remember the first time curry I ever tasted... Curry sauce on your chip. Curry sauce on your chip. But that's kind of a northern thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not southern. But it was such a, you know, that sort of journey, opportunity, social mobility, call it what you like. But it was suddenly my world was opening up, and that included food, because of the fact that we'd always eaten pretty Did you live British in the Hall food. of Residence? I did, yeah, to start with. And th- did you... Um, and then you shared a flat? Then I shared a flat for the so second year and third year. So can you cook? Year. Yes, I love cooking. Do you? Yeah, what yeah. was one of your university delights that you would offer up to your friends? I don't think delights would okay. be the word. We had six of us in the house, and we had a rotor where each of us kicked, kicked one night in a week for everybody else. And we sort of... Oh, you had a rotor. Was it yeah. all blokes or... You no, no, no. It feels it very was... democratic. Yeah. Three, yeah. You know. <laughs> 
three blokes, three girls in yeah. the house. It was all studying the same thing. No, different things. So I had one of my very best friends um, who was studying law with me, and then other there was one person I'd been at school with, then various others that we sort of connected with as we went on the journey. Um, but you know, as for the, it was. Uh, the food was cheap as chips food because the mm. most important thing was that the ingredients had to be cheap because you're a student, you didn't have much money. Um, and it was, you know, chili con Ten- carne or coronation was, chicken. Right. Oh, that sounds quite chili fat. Con car- yeah. When did you give up meat then? I gave up meat um, probably about 25 years ago. Okay. So after university, um, I gave up meat. Why? As a matter of principle. Okay. Uh, and that's why I struggle with it, because I love meat. Oh, do you? Oh, God. I love it. Um, God, you really are principled. So, I wouldn't be that well, principled. But it's... Um, and to start with, I gave up fish as well. But then um, I went back to fish because I found it too much to lose. But then I got together with Vic, my wife. She's been proper vegetarian in the sense she doesn't eat meat or fish and oh did, she did that when she was eight or nine years old so no chicken soup on a friday night no chicken so mock chicken soup it's very mock good chicken yeah. Soup. yeah yeah tell me about try it try it one day it's, it's nice it's good so how do you make it well she does it with just a sort of mixed Vegetables. thing and, yeah um but and Matzo then balls? we've got yeah yeah okay and then we've fine. got two children so our boy is 15 and our girl is 12. Do you cook meat for them? So our girl has never in her life tasted meat or fish. because Until she gets to university. Well, this is the she's thing. having that chilli con carne. So, so as soon as... What we said to the kids was, by the time they're about 10, it's up to you. Yeah. You know, we don't have meat or fish in the house. We don't cook it. Until they're about 10, obviously, they're just eating Oh, I've us. got veggie friends who've always cooked so, meat for their children. Yeah, so we never did. And okay. then at the age of 10, we said, you can do what you like. And our boy said, great. So he orders, the moment we go out, there's a delivery for Kentucky Fried Chicken uh-huh. or McDonald's. Or, so he's taken full sort of liberty with the licence to do when what you go, when you go out, he orders it? No, he, he will order me. We're or, in front of you? Or yeah, is yeah, this, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. No, we're not, you know, we're not bothered by that. And you Fine. just smell it and Which think, oh, wow. <laughs> this goes back. So if you give up meat or fish on a matter of principle, you still sort of hanker That's after terrible. it. terrible. Um, and so when he brings it in the house... It's like, mm. Do you do any of the kind of substitute, like we do the, the this bacon or something like that, and you'll do the Satan or, you know, the oh, kind L- of... Linda McCartney. Linda McCartney. Yeah, we yeah. do all of that, the corn sausages, yeah. um, the Beyond Meat burgers, which yeah. are really good, yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, quite a lot of the time if we're cooking, we don't bother with that because if you're doing pasta or something like that, you don't need to. Um, but... What's the veggie food like in the House of Commons? Oh, the... Food in the House of Commons pr- is pretty, you know, it's not, nothing special. Really? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought it was quite... Somebody ex- needs to set up a really nice sort of oh, restaurant Jessie. or takeaway in maybe the House of Commons. this is where... Seriously. Well, you uh, listen, yeah. I, I, I you, Mum, you're about to go into retirement. Maybe you should do yes. that. Yes. A really nice salad bar, a fresh salad bar or something. But you don't even have a fresh salad bar? No. No. Oh, wow. So this is... Oh, you, you've got to come in... Okay, you've I'll got to come, come in, in as my guest to Parliament okay. and have a look around okay. and see Definitely. what you make of the food and then, you know, to get in there and Can do I something. Can I ask, when you're having dinner or lunch in the House of Parliament, do you only sit with people from the same party or have you got mates in the Tory party or the Liberals? Or is or it, like, yours, quite cliquey? Uh, yeah. No, I... There is almost never a slot put in my diary for lunch and, therefore, there isn't such a thing as a lunch break therefore you know i'll be eating on the move or between meetings etc but the second part of your question is really interesting which is you know what's the is it all tribal yeah um for some people it is like that not for me because i think i come into politics later in life i'd done other jobs yeah you know, I'd been a lawyer. I'd so you'd the sit next to Nad- Nadine and have. Well, you I'm not sure about know. that. But there are, but there are, there are. You know, there are, there are Tories and other MPs that, that I you quite get on like. perfectly well with. Well, that, that lovely lady down. who spoke about Harriet Harman last week. Yeah, she was really good. Wow, yeah, wasn't yeah, she yeah. fabulous? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, when in the middle of the really fierce Brexit debates, I was leading for our party on it. So in the middle of the debates. And my dad was dying, oh. and it was awful. And so I'd have to sort of be in the middle of this debate and then leave that at the end of the debate and then get a train down to the hospital that it was in. And it was really... It was the first time I had that very intense public person, private grief yeah. going on. And two or three of the Tory MPs reached out to me, oh, um, particularly when he died, 
and that sort of thing you can't really you can't ever say there's such tribal politics that we can't get on and do things together or talk or have coffee or eat if we had time so you know i'm not a great believer in that you know divisive politics well, we were thinking, Jesse's been thinking about how divided our country is at the minute. Well, it's more about the, the culture, culture wars, wars and just kind of how it feels so polarising. And particularly for my generation, it just feels like, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, everyone's got an opinion. And I feel like the right really use marginalised groups such as immigrants or queer yeah. people, trans people to really use them as pawns to kind of... And how do you feel? Do you feel exhausted by it? I feel... You feel responsible. I feel responsible, particularly for... I have a huge queer following and I feel yeah. incredibly responsible when I'm speaking to you, the leader of opposition, to kind of... How do I phrase one question to you when this is about food and family and there's so many questions that yeah. so many people have? Yeah. I think have. you're the first person when we've mentioned you were coming on and everybody had a question for you. Oh, that's great. Every single that's really person. That's really I mean, good. not but all that friendly, Kim. Yeah. Some no, no, of them. That, that, that's absolutely You can imagine, understood. yeah. No, no, no. You know, that's completely understood. And, you know, and, and so it should be. You know, there's always going to be that combination of people who support what you're doing, want to challenge what you're but doing. how do you do, like, how do you unite everybody when it feels so polarising? And how do you, 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 you know, you talk about respect and dignity being so important for you. And, like, how does, how do you... You can't, how do you please everybody? You can't please everybody, right? No, you can't please everybody, but you can... What Joe Cox, who was a fantastic, yeah. fantastic friend and MP, came into Parliament on the same day as me, and, you know, just a tragic story. But obviously she did her maiden speech when she said we've got more in common than that which divides us. Mm. That is so powerful mm. and so meaningful. And I think that amongst the reasons um, the Conservatives have gone into this toxic space of divide... Um, culture wars is because they haven't got a record that they can stand on they haven't got any leadership that they can really believe in and therefore they've gone to this divisive place and that that relies on a politics that says let's find the points of difference so let, if you and I are going to have a conversation let's find where we don't agree mm. rather than trying to find what we do agree mm -hmm. on um, so it becomes so we, an echo chamber and then the, nothing yeah, we can work. have to break out of that because yeah. it's exhausting it puts people into camps they don't really want to be in, they entrench in those camps. And it means that there's a sort of collective lack of sort of belief in politics as a force for good because everybody just goes further and further to one side or other in the debate and just shouts at each other or shouts past each other. So nobody's listening in this. It's very corrosive for the idea that I really believe in, which is that politics ought to be a force for good. So we have to find a way to get through that and there are I mean this is going back to the thing about different MPs um, after Joe Cox died Theresa May joined the sort of campaign around loneliness which was one of um, Joe's sort of themes um, on a cross-party basis so there is the ability to do that and we desperately need to get back to that I mean Kit it's such a task that you have on your hands and I just don't know where you start like, when, 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 if you get into power, where do you start? Like, what do you start with? Immigration. Uh, I, 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 like, it feels... It, does it not feel rather... Daunting. I mean, you can't... Yeah, daunting. And why do you want to do it? <laughs> because I want to change the country okay. for the better. I absolutely passionately but want to. Do you to. think about what it, the impact on your kids and... Um, yeah. The, you know, um, that they're going to be followed by horrible right-wing press trying to bring you down or trip you up or yeah it's a journey as all these things are i didn't come into parliament to be leader of the Labour party mm. um or to become the prime minister um i came into parliament in to the change. hope that ed Miliband yeah. would win the 2015 election and i might just about <laughs> become the attorney general or something in his yeah. cabinet so this wasn't mm. something and the election getting labor into government is not about me it's not about me going through the door of number 10 it's not about my shadow cabinet becoming the cabinet. It's not even about the Labour Party, it's about the country. It's about taking the country forward. So that, that's where I sort of come from on it. And that drives me forward, and I know there's tough things, and we'll have to do tough things and make difficult decisions. Uh, but, and, uh, you know, and I try not to get ahead of myself. But what you touched on there, one of the things that I'm most worried about is the impact on our children. Mm -hmm. Now, we've been as protective as I hope we can be, so we never name them in public. Mm -hmm. We never have fo promotional photos yeah. done with them. 
Uh, and you, will you continue to not do that when you're prime, if you're prime It's going to be hard. Yeah, it, it's going to be hard. I mean, obviously, we're out and about with them, and so people know who they are and they see them. But by and large, that's been um, respected and protected so that they can get on with their lives. I do worry, though, because our boy was 15 the other week, so he will, let's, I'm assuming the election is next year, you know, either May or October, That w- he will be 16. Um, and our daughter is 12, going on 16 or 17 already. <laughs> she will be 13. These are really important ages, and it will have an impact on their have lives. You, I'm have you spoken? I mean, who's had, if you make it to number 10, who's had similar age groups in there? Because Tony Blair's were Tony's younger. Were a bit younger. A bit younger, and then... Um, Ed's were a little bit younger as well. And Boris has got so many that we don't... I mean, he's got a few in every... every so, I don't know. I can't remember now the age of David Cameron's children. Um, they, when were he got they were quite young. They were and younger. then he sadly lost a child as well yeah, while he yeah, was in yeah. power. But, like, today, Jesse's been in the sports day with the mm. mum's race. Do you, are you participating in sports days and things like that? Not anymore. But Why not? Because, Football injury. No, because... Um, how old are your children now? Six, four and two. So what happened to us, and I think this happens to every parent, is you lovingly walk the kids to school and pick them up. And I used to make a real habit, however busy I was, to try and make sure that several days a week I was there at the school gates because, you know, I, 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 I do not want to be that man, and it is usually men, who say in years to come, I wish I'd spent more time yeah. with your kids. If you want to spend more time with your kids, spend more time with your kids. But there does come a point, and it's going to come, I'm afraid, probably the last year at primary school, where certainly our kids said, oh, Don't. C- can, you, can you just drop me at the corner, Dad? Oh. Um, and because they're growing up, and the idea of me pitching up to now secondary school for them would be something that would, you know, that was just They'd a have no-go. A heart attack yeah, if you were... They do not want me there Jessica, on sports day. I, this is coming, I'm afraid. It's coming. No, Jesse. I want to know, you've got teenagers. They must be politically minded or are they completely kind of just don't want to know about it? Do you have debates with them around the dinner table? Is it a very different situation than what it was just say they when you wanted were to up? join the Conservatives. Could you imagine that? We do talk politics. We talk, you know... Broadly, I try not to impose it on them, obviously. What um, are they most interested about talking to you about? Oh, work, the job, what goes on. I mean, genuine. So our boy came into Parliament last week. Yeah. And was fascinated, came into some of the debates, sat in the debates. He knew more of our front benches than I thought. I mean, he recognised them. So he would he would say, I'm not, I, I'm not interested in politics. And he says in very strong terms, I'm not going into politics. Mm. He's, he's decided, having watched me, that he's not going to become a lawyer, he's not going to become a politician. But it's quite interesting that deep down, he's beginning to sort of explore those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, our girl, um, slightly less, she's only 12, so um, she's just developing those ideas. And I wouldn't thrust it on them. I mean, we've only got two rules for our kids, which is happy and confident. So I, I'm not, when we wouldn't say they've got to go off to university, they've got to become this, that or the other. We genuinely just want them to be happy and confident. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all you want, right? It's, yeah, and kind, maybe. Add kind. And kind yeah, I think I've done all right with you then, darling. Yeah, very yeah. good. You're quite confident and you're happy. Yeah, doing great okay, things. I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm now fantastic. terrified about my children and being happy, confident. No, but congratulations on everything you've achieved. I mean, it's incredible. Thank the you. music stuff is Thank you. through the roof. You know, trying. Let's talk about music, actually. I, wanna, I went clubbing yeah. at the week. Weekend. I want to know last time you went clubbing oh, here. Oh gosh, I can't remember. You used to, you, you, you're into me. I've really enjoyed your Desert Island Discs. Oh yeah, well, it's, um, I'll tell you a very funny story about that. Um, because obviously what I tried to do was pick songs that meant something to me on the mm. journey. So Jim Reeves was the first one because it reminded me of my mum. I went through classical music, you know, Northern Soul, I love, um, Orange Juice, Edwin Collins, that sort of thing. But I ended with Stormzy, with Bridge Over Troubled Water, which I think is a fantastic, a beautiful song. Uh, it was actually a Grenfell tribute song as well, and it's beautiful. And our kids are quite into Stormzy, particularly our boy. And so it was something Have that ended met him? it. No, I haven't, although I went to his um, uh, record um, company, when, and they played me his um, latest album, which is really good, really, really good. Um, and he was sort of texting them at the time, saying, what does he think of it? What does he think of it? So I haven't made it. But so I, so I chose that as my final song. And that's fine. And, um, and then I was at a pub. This was about six months ago. And 
uh, just with Vic and a couple of friends of ours. So just, you know, very social. And some guy comes up to me at the bar and says, you're a fraud. And I said, well, you're, comp- what, you know, no wonder we don't vote for you. You're a fraud. I said, you know, what, you know I'm, on my, I'm with my wife. What are you talking about? He said, Desert Island Discs. And I thought, of all the challenges I've had on our <laughs> politics or policy, this guy's actually challenging he me. He didn't he like said, the music. No, he said, you don't listen to Stormzy. You're not being honest. And I said, did you listen to it? Because... I wasn't saying I listened to Stormzy. I was doing, I was using records which told a story or reminded me of bits in my life. Um, but it was so interesting to be challenged on. Is that then when you made the call to the label to be like, can I go in and listen to Stormzy's new record, please? <laughs> no, but uh, was it I the should press have been. team being like, quick, but quick, you must so, go and listen? So <laughs> interesting. Are people God. often rude to you? Do they come up when you're out and say, oh? By and large, people are really positive. Good. Um, and that is great. Um, but, you know, it, it can go either way, but by and large. And I'm still in the relatively lucky position. I can walk down the high street, I mean, you know, without too much aggravation. Um, those how, things change. How do taxi drivers treat you if you get in a black cab? Because yeah. they've always got something to say. They're not big fans of Sadiq, I have to say. <laughs> no, well, I, I now have to have a, um, oh, you can't a, a, go in a, team, black cab. a, a police team with me um, every time I'm out, so that... Um, oh, you've not been in black. Style. Thank God for that. Then. So I haven't been. <laughs> if, but please report back. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what black cab drivers are like. Should we eat? Saying, yeah. Oh God, I mean, you must just be exhausted. It's busy. It's busy. Do you think it will be even more full on if you get into number ten? Yes, it's really hard, um, and you know, again, that's that's just the way it is. Um, but that's then 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 it's a question of trying to ensure that we find time. So I'm really, really clear. I will not do, unless it's absolutely urgent or a special reason, I won't do a Friday night event. So at six o'clock, we'll go home and we will be as a family mm. home on a Friday night together. Vic's dad comes over sometimes. Um, he's 94 and um, so he comes to us at the weekend quite a lot. For and people that don't know, your wife is Jewish. Yes, she is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so her Friday... family are from Poland originally. And so, so Friday, Friday nights is Shabbat. Yeah, so we do, um, particularly when our dad's there, we do prayers, um, etc. And but we're all in, and we want, you know, and I want that to long, you know, last for as long as it can because the kids are in and uh, that sort of thing. I got back mitzvahed at the end of last year. Oh, did you? Yeah, um, and when I remember, we do Friday nights, and there's something incredibly meditative about that feeling of being able to kind of say goodbye to the week. And actually, to pause for a moment and look each other in the eye and have a conversation over the dinner table yeah. and say the brochures. And I don't know, there's something um, I find incredibly reassuring about it when I'm not working on a Friday night or, for, yeah. And I think that's probably right. And for me knowing, and for the kids knowing, Vic knowing, that we, you know, barring exceptional weeks, we will all be there on a Friday night together is. It's a sort of rock in the week, if you like. Um, you know, now a lot of it is spent arguing about if we're going to get a takeaway, what we're going to get, or um, all the rest of it. But it's it is really nice and special. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, look at this. Mum. That is. So that's pill pulled prawns. Okay. Right. So, so yeah, sweet mum. You, you tell That's a tomato tart. Lovely. That's pill pulled prawns, like just garlic prawns. That's. It's like guacamole, but no avocados. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you don't like avocados. No, no. What's that about? Just the, the taste and the texture. So it's, it's guacamole and avocados. 
and bananas. Okay, well, we're all right. Or even smell bananas. There's something about bananas. This is from when I, I was, you know, when I was very, very young. Could well, this never, is aubergine. Could never, no, that's absolutely lovely. So that's tomato. That's that's pre lentils and that's courgette salad. Fantastic. And that's enough for about a hundred people. And I love salad. Salad is fantastic. Good. So this is really good. Let's hope this works. <laughs> so what did you what before. did you have for lunch today? He doesn't stop today for no, I had, Somebody fed him. Today I had a I tuna hope. sandwich. I've had lorry loads of tuna sandwiches since I've been in this job. It's just, you know, this was on during the middle of a meeting. Um, tuna sandwich. Homemade the, or? No, no, just brought in from uh, Pret today, but wherever. Gotta love, what, the baguette or the sandwich? Baguette, yeah. But it's, yeah. um, you know, the routine for the week is sort of, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Parliament or headquarters in London, then out on the road for the rest of the time. So lunch is just... I can't remember the last time I stopped and had lunch um, as, a, as a meal, as it were, rather than just a sandwich on the road or a sandwich whilst we're working. Um, this is really fantastic. Do you like yeah, it? Yeah, 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 really what good. The tomato, think? it's really Delish. good. Delish. Really nice. It's really good. I like it. Jesse usually a, a chef called Alison Roman who's amazing, came on, and this is from her new recipe book. Is it from her new one? Yeah. I love cooking. I, I just do find you? it, so what, what, I find what it so you... relaxing. I know this sounds really weird, and I don't, I'm not going to pretend I do it every night, because I don't, and Vic does most of the cooking during the week um, for the kids. Not, I mean, quite often I'm not home in time for them anyway. But on a Saturday, I love it. So I've got a sort of routine of... Um, there's Craig Charles to uh, you know Radio Six, um, Six Funk and Soul. It just but it's six o'clock. So show good, starts. I love it, and it's just this route. So I'm, that's the point at which I'll sort of go into so the kitchen. So you're not listening to Dad Ringers? No, <laughs> Craig Charles. So Six Music six is your choice. Yep, and then I've got it on six o'clock, and I start chopping away and preparing and just pottling around the kitchen. I love it. What was your last meal that you cooked that you can remember? Well. Um, so I cook nearly every week. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the the latest one that I, I would love tandoori um, salmon, mm-hmm. and so um, I, and I've had fantastic. Um, we were up in um, Glasgow um, with the team, Mr. Sings in Ooh, Glasgow. That's yeah, a really fantastic curry restaurant. Okay. The best tandoori salmon I've ever had. Okay, really, really brilliant. Amazing. So great, so man. I thought right, I I I've got to cook this. So then I've sort of had several goes at it. And so that's probably the last thing. But I had, because um, Vic and the kids don't eat fish. Oh, um, gosh. So I've got, we got these corn pieces, which I also um, did, um, you know, tandoori. Like paneered, is it almost? It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's chicken. It's intended to be sort of okay. imitation chicken. So, and is it nice? Yes, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, that, but I mean... The, and there are other dishes that I love doing on a Saturday. I mean, the problem I run into is I want it to be as different and as elaborate and, and as experimental as possible because that's part of the enjoyment is seeing what it's like, different ingredients, etc. But then for the kids, it's like we want pasta and tomato sauce. We don't want to try anything else. So I get into this battle. So I have to do sort of um, pasta bakes that are as elaborate as I can get away with. Until, until it gets to the point where they won't um, enjoy it or eat it. Okay, well, this leads us into Last Supper. <laughs> you're going to... This is the Last Supper, so you're... Well, this is the last one well, you're on. I you don't have to be dying. Death row thing, because it makes me feel horrible. So you're going on a desert island for about six months. So no, I'd say, let's go... A year. A year. So, um, I, one of the things I did when I was a lawyer was work with the Death Penalty Project, which is a project based here in London to um, minimise and get rid of the death penalty across the world, particularly in the English-speaking former colonies. So I did extensive cases in the Caribbean, probably went to the Caribbean about 50 times, to represent people and to fight for people not to be hung. So I got as close to something, or closer than I wanted to be, to that feeling wow. of... Wow. Is there still um, the death penalty there now? Yeah, there is. Shit. I mean, that, because of the work of the Death Penalty Project, it's been much reduced. Um, but it's... And they're you know, hung there. It's death by hanging, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, and that's very... You know, when you're in a... The prisons in, you know, Jamaica, Trinidad, they're not nice places, as you can imagine. 
sitting in a dark cell with someone who is um, destined to be hanged. It's really, it's an incredible moment. And obviously we're fighting to save, normally his life. There were some women that we represented in Uganda. Um, But um, knowing that in this legal case, if you get it right, this person will live. And if you don't, and you don't succeed, then they will in all likelihood be hung. How many did you save? Oh, I mean, I'd say we, because we worked as a team the whole time. Um, uh, Hundreds. When we went to Uganda, um, there were over 400 people in one test case that we did at the same time. And we met them there in in Kampala, which is obviously the centre of Uganda. The prison is up high up on a hill. And you go in the prison, it's high security. All of the prisoners are in white shorts and a white vest. And we sat there with all 400 of them, talking them through the case we're going to be running on their behalf. It's like a film set. Oh and God. some of them had been there 20 years. Some of them were under 18 when they'd been convicted. Um, and in the end, in that case, we won on behalf of all 400 of them, which didn't mean they were released from prison, but it meant they weren't going to get hung mm. and they could, be, they could have the, the appropriate sentence for whatever they'd done. It was an incredible thing to do. So, you know, it was really... You know, that was as close to the last supper as, as I wanted to get. Did you ever see them eating their last supper? Did you ever stay with them for that part, or was it? No, we were ne- we were never there. Um, and most of the time, I'm really happy to say, the people we represented, we managed to get off death row, and so we didn't very often go through that horror of um, uh, someone you're representing. Okay, so you're not going on okay, death row. Okay, we're not so doing death row. So this is a last step, I'm going to go, I don't know, I'm going to go to a nice island or something. You're going to yeah. go to a nice so island, but limited food. Oh, we limited food, yeah. okay, okay. So, so, so you've got to choose a starter, a main, a pudding and a drink of choice. Um, starter, I'm going to go for a salad. Really? I love, yeah, I, I'm... Jesus, oh, Kia, come on. You're going to lose a few votes for that. <laughs> I love salad. salad. I love salad. And I'm going to go for a seaweed salad with chilli. Oh now, my goodness, I've never heard oh, of this. This is fantastic. Kerbal. So this goes, this isn't intended to link, but now it does. When we were doing all this case in the Caribbean, yeah. we used to have to go via, for the top end of the Caribbean, you go in via Miami and then fly across. And so we would be several hours in Miami. And there were two dishes in Miami. that um, There was blackened fish, yeah. which fantastic. Yeah. Um, and seaweed salad with chilli, a big bowl of it. So is it like samfire? Yeah, it's a bit, 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 bit sort of thinner and crispy. No, I know, but like yeah. it's a different kind. It's not a salt. It is fantastic. Is it salty as it's well? Salty as... with chilli in. Um, it is really. Have you ever tried to make it? No. Okay. I, I will try one day. I've not even ever really found it anywhere else. Um, I've never. It must be it's on. Worth going to Miami for that. But it okay. was really incredible. Okay, I like but that. You, you kind of won me back. Okay, although fine. I, although I nearly lost you with starting yeah. with, yeah. with yeah. salad. Hopefully that's... And then I'm going to go for my tandoori salmon, because I love it. From Mr. Sings. I'll probably have to go a takeaway from Mr. Sings. Yeah. Fine, no problem. I don't know where this Can last you make supper. it? Have you just yeah, a bit well, of tandoori paste? Yeah, so I, that's... that's has been trying to perfect it. That's the one I've done most recently, which is... And I've done it now three or four times to try and get it right. With all the... You know, get all the ingredients, yeah. make the paste, well, marinate don't do it. that. So really? You're, 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 oh, you're I, a perfectionist. I, I, yeah, but I also... I, 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 tend to follow the recipe rather than just sort of doing it without. Okay, so I'll I, give I you do... Alison Roman's book. Okay, yeah. But it's so... So that's... I mean, that, that's the sort of most recent thing that I've learned to make. I'm also trying to perfect the sort of the perfect arabiata from scratch, which, um, again, just getting the right blend. And that the kids will eat. So they like spicy? Yes. Okay. Um, you like does. spicy? I like spicy, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... So my tandoori salmon is... Well, Any made by sides? Mr. Singh, I'm not going to make this meal. Any sides? Um, yeah, probably some... Um, we always get sort of dals and that sort of thing. Which naan do you go for? Plain naan. Plain naan. Really? Yeah. Why? Which one do you go for? Peshawarish. No, the reason is because the kids wouldn't really eat anything other than a plain naan. So there's a bit of accommodation there. Okay. okay. And pilau rice, which yeah. they would prefer white rice, so we have a little battle about that. Okay. So I'm going to have this... Um, Tandoori salmon. And then pud? I think lemon cheesecake. Oh, do you like a cheesecake? A baked cheesecake or a non-baked cheesecake? Baked. Baked. 
So like, like Jewish the, quite cheesecake. Light, yeah, very light. Yeah, a proper New York cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that too. So um, that's that's where I'd go, I think. And what are you drinking? I drink Pinot Grigio because Vic's. This is Vic's wine of choice. Oh really? My wife. Yeah. So You're she's very accommodating. She's very easy. But to is she allowed please? to have this meal with me, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. We better not have the tandoori salmon then. I might have to <laughs> think about something else <laughs> for the middle course. But, but um. Your team, before you came, said that you drink beer and wine. And I realised that I have no clue about beer. So do you drink an IPA yeah, or IPA. a lager? Oh, which one? IPA. Um, usually things like Doombar, but our local pub is called Pineapple. Fantastic local pub. The Pineapple, that's like a rowdy one. No, it's not rowdy. The, pound, no, the no, Pineapple, no. like the one that's in Camden. Kentish Town. Yeah, it's like a not rowdy, but like there's, I, I've been to parties there. I bet you you've been on a night when there's something going on at the O2, because it's a sort of stop-off point on the way. No, the I've been like the pineapple's like a fun one. It is. It's, I'm not saying it's not fun, but it's it's but more a sort of local. Like when I was in Man Like Me, that they were a Camden-based band, um, they'd always have like afters at the pineapple. Yeah. Mm. Um, interesting. Okay, so well, what do you drink there? They've got an IPA called Pineapple, which is really good. Oh. Which is and who makes it? Which brewery? I don't know actually. Okay. Um, See, I know nothing about so beer. the only the only beer. time I deviate from drinking beer from IPA is if I play football and it's a hot day. You kind of got to have a cold lager because it's just okay. I don't know. It's just one of those things that just goes yeah. with it. But wine is white wine. I drink red as well, but Vic doesn't drink red. How easy is it to switch off from trying to become the leader of this country? Really hard. And sometimes, if I've got something going on, I find it almost impossible. And then that's really hard for Vic and the kids mm. because it's obviously I'm distracted and I'm only half listening, I'm not engaged. And it's a really bad thing, but it is very difficult. But so d- if I'm doing media in the morning, for example, I did Laura Kunzberg this week. Yeah, was was yeah. that fun for you? Is it ever fun? Well, it, it, you know, the interview was 25 minutes or something, but the amount of time so goes intense. into... And then, so that means, that means that the Sunday, the Saturday evening before is just completely distracted because I'm thinking about it. And then that is really frustrating for Vic and the kids because it's obvious that I'm sort of half detached from it. And even if I'm in the same room as them, I'm, you know... And the, the, the kids joke and... Um, and say to each other he can't do two things at once when they're trying to have yeah, a conversation like with me when I'm trying to sort of look at something for the morning and we wondered how you manage because we've got a majority quite right wing press in this country I mean there's only two papers that I think that are supportive of the Labour Party how do you manage that? well the first thing is I read all the papers every day yeah. we get them delivered so I go God, through how, do you, how long does that take? well I say read. I look at each one, yeah. see what's the lead story, um, what's the editorial, what are the sort of interesting yeah. bits and pieces of today, what are they saying about us, <laughs> what are they saying about me. Do your kids get fed up when they're mean about you or someone's Do you think they're quite you? protected to not know about that? They're a mixture, a really good mixture of being protective, but also, you know, bringing me back down to earth the whole time. Good. And I'll give you two, just two examples of that. Which, so last year I won the Spectator Politician of the Year Award. So that's, you know, spectator. That's that's his, yeah. You know, and they gave me a, a framed certificate, which I then took home about 10 o'clock at night. And our boy is sitting on the settee with his feet up watching telly. And I came in and I, looked, I gave it to him and I said, what do you think of this? And he looked at it. And then without really taking his eyes off the telly or his feet off the settee, he passed it back to me and said, how'd you blag that then? <laughs> oh, my god! It was just fantastic. And the other one was our daughter. This was a few years ago now. When she said, what time are you going to be home? And I said, oh, I'm going to be late tonight, I'm afraid. Why? What are you doing? I'm doing a fundraising dinner. She said, oh, what's that? I said, well, it's a dinner where people pay money to hear somebody speak. And she said, who's speaking? And I said, me. And she said, why would anyone pay to hear you speak? Oh, and it was like a slow motion sort of <laughs> car crash. You could almost sense where she was going. And now she'd do it to be cheeky. Um, but then that was just this incredulity. Um, it was, it's, a, it's a really fantastic leveller. So they, the moment I walk through the door, I've got to be dad. I've got to be dad. And I love that. That's great. Um, and that's as it should be. How do they ever go, 
dad, so-and-so says you're being a dick on this. Or like, so-and-so says that you really are being mean about this. You You know, have they ever brought home politics? Because in the playground, people talk, parents talk, like... They, no, they don't. They don't, I mean, now, um, and this is nice, lots of people come up and want a selfie and that sort of thing. And they get really fed up about that, particularly our boy, because... If I walk down the high street with him, he wants me to be with him, mm. um, not constantly, you know, being stopped and having to talk to other people. And that—that's trying to find that space with them is quite hard sometimes. And there's no end of people who say, "I can see you're with your family, so I won't, I won't interfere." And then sit but down and have a sort of twenty-minute conversation. Property, aren't you, really? Yeah, but that—that that does. They get a bit fed up with that. Do you go to parties at Downing Street? Have you been invited? I've never been invited to one of the Downing Street parties, no. Are you kidding? <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> particularly the ones cheap. during COVID. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, I might not that. be sitting yeah. here. Uh, but... <laughs> no. Um, I think all Prime Ministers make a habit of keeping leaders of the opposition well away oh, from Downing Street. Yeah. It's a bit me. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously been so there, you, but not... Have you been inside? Yeah, yeah. And what's it like? It's it's a working. I mean, it's a fantastic building, iconic. What do you think of the recent decor? Uh, I haven't seen that oh, decor. Right. You haven't been close yet. Yeah. Um, Rishi so, might have changed it. Oh, Rishi probably has. Maybe he. Likes yeah, I their thought style. there was some story about it had been changed, but I don't know. What a waste but anyway, I haven't been there. Um, I would like to know where you've talked about the pineapple. Mm. You've t- um, you've talked about Mr. Singh's. Are there any go-to spots that Sir Keir Starmer? Couldn't live without any like local restaurants that you absolutely adore. Yeah, there's a Italian called Rosella up the road, yeah. which is run by a friend of ours, and it's fantastic. And if we're not eating at home, we'll sometimes go there on a Friday. And again, that's where Vic and her dad um, can get together, and where her sister will come with her daughter. Um, so that's that's just a really locally based, straightforward Italian restaurant that is probably our go-to if we're going to go out. There's also a really good curry house up in um, Highgate. Where do you get your fish and chips? The nearest place now is just um, in Highgate. But fish and chips, if I'm getting fish and chips, I I wouldn't normally get it as a takeaway because um, Vic's not going to eat it. Um, Our daughter's not going to eat it. So that would be more when I'm on the road with the team. Oh, yeah. um, If we're staying over in a hotel or something like that. But it's good, good fish and chips, hard to beat. Would you like a bit, Kim? I will do, yeah, please. That looks fantastic. I hope so. Really fantastic. Just a small bit for me, please. Okay, like that? Yeah, I mean, I almost never eat desserts. It's just... Why? I don't know. I'm I'm not particularly sweet-toothed, so I just don't. It's pavlova, made with nectarines. I'll have that one and then you have a more beautiful one. No, I don't mind. I'm fine. fine. So I very rarely make dessert. I mean, I, because it's not really my thing. At some stage, I do want to try and get into bake. Everybody says baking oh, is a I'd really like good thing to get well. into. I guess if you like cooking and it's kind of you can switch off when you're doing it. Yeah. I just find baking quite tedious. I'm really bad at it. Right. But why not? And you're a perfectionist, so you could master. You know. Like, yeah, I feel like it's it, it, it requires a. I'll give it a go at some stage. To detail. It's better that one than this oh, one. I honestly don't mind. I do. Before we let you go, um, is there one smell um, or scent that, that can take you back somewhere, happy or sad, or taste? I think the smell of cut grass takes me back to beginning to play grass football. And, you know going onto a pitch that's been cut. So when I was probably... First time I went on a decent pitch was probably when I was about 10, playing in an under-11 league, where they cut the grass. And it's, an, it's that, that smell of fresh grass that's just been cut. You do still get it at football grounds. Not so much because now the grass is sort of integrated a bit with other stuff. You don't get the same cut smell. But that takes me back to sort of cycling around Surrey and Kent. I played for the Kent Boys League um, for... Um, a team there and just walking on the pitch and I love I I can't tell you how joyful walking onto a pitch is for me it's just stepping onto the grass with a football you could be the Arsenal mascot I'm not sure about that we want to wish them luck Um, (laughs) are are the conversations you know you have that person talking to you in the the pub about your Stormzy selection in the stands 
are people asking you very different? Do you feel like in different in different spaces you are asked repeatedly a similar question? No, there's different things people ask. Yeah. Um, and can you enjoy the game or you just get hounded with questions? No, I can enjoy the game because around us, the people we're with there, I've known for so two or three rows in front. One of the guys in front that we've got to know through sitting there, his wife sends pakoras on the last game in in a top. You know, so there's just things. So that is a bit like the people I play football with. They wouldn't bombard me with things about work. Um, because they know I've been in those seats for I don't know how many years now. So they knew me before I was even a politician. And so they wouldn't do that. But you do, I mean, you you do get it at football. You know, people come up to you, people have ideas, people have challenges, um, people tell you what they're passionate about. So you do, and people do notice what you've been doing. Um, so occasionally say they'll say, I saw you did this that week or that, you know, so it does cut through, but... Um, I mean, in the in the crowd in the stand at football, it's all about the football. It's just you get well, you know what this is like. You just get totally drawn in. Love it. You're all there, sort of enduring and enjoying. Do you know, shout depends. obscenities out. Not anymore. About the ref. Not anymore. Since you've been in. Not anymore because somebody will, because will take a picture you, of that yeah. and record me. But there's that. I mean, the moment if you're on the crowd, a goal is scored. So and there's just this, all these people, you know, tens of thousands of people have been doing something else all week, live in different places, don't all know each other. And at that moment, they come together they and everybody up, yeah. gets, it's like a, this, it's the choreography that is natural in that is absolutely incredible. And it's, I, I, it's an amazing moment. Okay, in football. okay, when's the general election going to be? I don't know. Do you think it'll be November? Next year. This year. I don't know. I mean, from my point of view, the sooner the better. And I say that because I, you know, people are really suffering now. They can't pay their bills. Their mortgage is going through the roof. Every day this government's here, it just gets worse. So, you know, for the country's sake, we need it soon. My hunch is that it'll go at least into the early part of next year. Could go all the way through to the end of next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's up to the government when they go. They'll go at whatever point they think is best for them. And there's nothing we can do about that. And that's just one of the prices of... If you lose an election, you lose the right to say when the next election is. So, but we'll be ready whenever it is. <laughs> uh, Sakir Starmer, thank you for joining us on Table Manners. It's been lovely to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the Pleasure. food. It was delicious, but company's been great. Thank you, and best of luck with all those tuna sandwiches that you're about to endure. <laughs> absolutely charming but such a strong sense of public service and responsibility and responsibility I mean I felt when he's talking about the Stormzy song he should be heavy as the head that wears the crown I'm he telling crown you yet, but he might have do you feel like you learnt anything new about Sakura yeah, Starmer? I do he didn't come from a political background it was fascinating listening to him talking about his family yeah and his admiration for his mother and father yeah and they weren't a wealthy family. They, you know, they, they were striving to make the best of their lives. Thank you, Sir Keir Starmer, for coming over and doing the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone that has listened to this series of Table Manners. We will be back after, well, a little hiatus. Um, Lenny's going on holiday for a month. And then I'm going to be um, joining her for some of it. Whilst we may not be having any new guests around over the summer... We've decided to do because, you to know... remind people of some of the fabulous people we've had. Yeah, so whilst you may not hear some new episodes, some of you may have joined us three years in and we have plenty of wonderful material that came before. Um, so we will be offering up on the table some wonderful episodes from previous years. Um, but yeah, we'll see you soon. Uh, Lenny will have a fabulous tan. She'll have some new Greek recipes. She'll be talking about how beautiful Skopelos is. I shall be talking about touring again and, uh, and we'll be getting some brilliant, brilliant guests. Thank you so much for listening to us. We and love doing it. Us, yeah. We absolutely love doing it. We love hearing from you. Please email us at hello at tablemannerspodcast.com um, and take care of yourselves and we'll speak Have to you Have a soon. good summer. Have a lovely summer.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.